Hello, hello. Welcome to Hometown Daily Season 2, Episode 221 for August 9th, 2023. That was not what I ordered. Hello again. I am Merwatt. That is hometown.com. My intro music might have been blaring. And up above me in a space that doesn't have an actual holder or anything that you can make out is the visualizer for the AI that keeps tabs on me. You want to say hi? Oh, great AI. Hello, hometown citizens. Yay. So we've already gone through all of the articles. Uh, today is one of the days where it's really, really jam-packed with uh, a lot of news, but not necessarily, um, I don't know, like fun news? Because there's like a wildfires and conflict and stuff like that going on. Um, Maui, I guess, is like an inferno, apparently, um, which that was a surprise. Um, well, I think I, it was pretty fast um, emerging. Yeah, I suppose so. I, and I wonder what the discussion is going to be about. You know, is it climate change oriented or is it just this is what happens when dot, dot, dot? I think it was drought and then very high winds, which sounds like it could be climate change related. Yeah. Well, we'll end up talking about that, I'm sure, at some point um, in the future, maybe when there is something a little bit more um, reality based and not conjecture. Um, but, uh, today we've got 12 articles all set up. I'm going to go through a rundown real quick. Um, Disney plus and Hulu price going up again, epic loss to change Apple rules, uh, across the spider verse canon, three volcanoes, one sunken ship all booked up at the continental orange is the new black lightsaber. Could you hold my snake? This joke is blowing up. Legally sound asleep. You spin Mars right round, baby, right round. Obscure spider eggs. This union belongs in a museum. Yeah, today's going to be an interesting set of articles. We have pretty much the whole gamut of uh, things that could be a quick discussion to things where somebody could maybe soapbox a little bit, but I'll try not to. The AI won't. Um, they... <laughs> Their filter is a little bit stronger and more capable, I suppose. Uh, Mayor Watts, you know, if there is a chance for a politician to talk, the politician will talk. Right. And do you ever have to, how do you know that a politician has an opinion? Don't worry. They'll tell you. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking it was like, uh, they open their mouth or something. That's true too. Yeah. And if a politician can't talk about something for 15 minutes, anything, then they're not a good politician, that kind of thing, you know? Exactly. No, I'm not really a politician though. I only play one on Twitch. Let's get into the very first article though. It should be a pretty quick one. The very first article is over in hometown daily Disney plus and Hulu are about to get an even more expensive price point. Um, my understanding is that it has gone up twice. Now this is the second time. Um, Disney is once again, raising their ad free uh, prices of both Disney plus and Hulu this fall, beginning on October 12th, 
Disney Plus will cost $13.99 per month, while Hulu's uh, ad no ads tier, I don't know why they don't call it an ad-free tier, will run $17.99. Hulu, I don't even want Hulu. Um, the ad-sponsored tiers of both services will stay at 8 bucks. So <clears throat> that's a pretty big jump. Um, it, I remember it being $9.00. So they, they actually created a constrained, um, combo subscription where it's only 20 bucks a month and you get both Disney and Hulu. Uh, according to this, it's an ad free experience, but I, I can tell you one thing. Um, my understanding is that if you've already got the Disney plus account, you can't get the Hulu ad free version of it. Um, without, you have to basically cancel both and then strike it up again, um, with a new account. Um, although I don't know that last part, uh, completely factually, you know, cause I haven't done it. Um, but I, 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 I recall being told that if you already have an account, you can't get the ad free Hulu version of it attached. And if you already have an account, when you spin up the two again to link them together, you know, or to get them together as a bundle, your old account already exists. So it won't get tacked on. Um, so maybe I'll noodle around with that and see if I can get it because if I'm already paying 14 bucks a month, what's $5 more to get Hulu. And then I don't have to worry about stuff on Hulu that I can't get. Right. But then the problem is, like it's five more dollars, but then the other plan will be five. But I agree. Yeah. Like at some point, just go for the combined plan. And <laughs> well, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It. Yeah, because you're, you know, if you, <laughs> it was funny. There was somebody that, in another article somewhere in hometown, I can't remember where it was. They were arguing that you're still, people are cutting the cord, but you're still attached to a cord because you've got cable internet. It's still high speed internet, whatever it is, fiber or whatever. It's still a landline coming into your connection. If everything was wireless and had, you know, gigabit speed, etc., I swear I'm being throttled by my uh, LTE provider. But anyway, um, then we wouldn't have wires. It wouldn't be a big deal. But no, we still have a cable. We're still tied at the hip to, you know, the freaking cable companies of some kind one kind or another well and we're probably paying more as much as nobody wants to go through cable companies because by the time you tack yeah. on all the individual streaming plans and channels and internet you're yeah. right you're either not getting as much or you're paying more or whatever but yeah and the crap is balkanized now so you have to subscribe to 15 different services at five dollars a piece versus one lump sum that used to be arguably reasonable and now they're like oh you're a sports junkie we're going to screw you royally with the price here's a 250 dollar you know monthly fee because you really enjoy sports thankfully my sports is not sports so um yeah this is but it's ridiculous the prices keep going up every year you know people's salaries don't go up every year colas are not an really an option for everybody 
Um, so the article is over at uh, The Verge. And let me start out of the gate at least. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a little bit trying to put the URLs into the chat. Uh, Chris Welch over at The Verge put this article together. Disney's increasing the no-ad subscription price of both services in October. You'll be able to get a new duo combo that bundles them together for 20 bucks a month. Um, so these subscription hikes to the standalone services are substantial. Disney last raised the cost of Disney Plus to $10.99 per month a year ago. And this is what I told you about. Um, at that time, ad-free Hulu jumped up to $14.99. Now it costs more than the ad-free tier of Warner Brothers Discovery Max service, which is $15.99 monthly. The triple play of Disney Plus no ads, Hulu no ads, and ESPN Plus with ads, with ads, is $25. Hulu, li Hulu with live TV with ads is rising to $77. And the commercial free version is going to $90 from the current 83. So everything is going up except everybody's salary. So there's money in your bank account, 401k, whatever. Yeah, bye bye. Who has money in their bank accounts? <laughs> yeah, really? Is that a thing? <laughs> no, apparently not. Well, somebody does because only there was one winner of the one point six billion dollar lottery and well do you see a wildly uh creepy <laughs> smile <Exuberant>. on <laughs> <laughs> do you see a smile on my face you have to chisel off yeah i didn't win i don't <laughs> well i'm afraid that we're all gonna have to go back to work folks yeah okay well anyway there you go, everybody. Disney Plus and Hulu are going up in price significantly. Gotta love it. So there was speculation, though, that Disney's going to shed some of its properties as well. So if they're going to raise the price and I saw that in a separate article today, mm -hmm. um, that's going to be an interesting combination. Yeah. Hey, nothing like paying more and getting less. Next article is over in Technology Today. Epic loses bid to make Apple change its App Store payment rules right now. Epic Games lost an attempt to force Apple to change its App Store payment practices sooner rather than later. The Fortnite maker asked the Supreme Court to overturn a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling that delayed an injunction against Apple over App Store rules. However, Justin Elena Kagan denied the request without providing an explanation. Just said, Nope, and walked out. <laughs> uh, that's always interesting. So this article's over at Engadget. Um, Chris Holt is the author of this article. Um, following a blockbuster trial between Epic and Apple, um, sorry, Apple and Epic Games in 2021, a lower court judge ruled that Apple violated California unfair competition law by blocking third-party developers from directing users to alternative payment options. The judge issued an, an, the injunction to stop that practice. Okay, blocking the attempt. So, really, what does Apple get out of an out of a relationship with Epic Games if if Epic Games is sitting there ushering people off of the platform, but using the platform to gain business? Why it's should like Apple a win for Epic, but a loss for Apple, right? Right. Doesn't it make sense, right? That 
Apple, uh, you're using the very vehicle to obtain you. <laughs> I don't get it. You are marketing your product on somebody else's platform. So if Apple decides to start marketing all of the app store on um, Epic's platform, they have to open it up too, right? Is it, doesn't that make logical so. sense? Yeah, that doesn't seem to be happening though, right? For no, the last, well, I think everybody thinks it's just like free to just get on somebody's platform and then get all the benefits, but not uh, be hindered or make any payments or anything. Sorry, that's how the sausage is made. If, if you were watching the stream or you're watching it over <laughs> on YouTube, you get to hear me sneeze. Well, you get to see me sneeze. I blocked it because it was happening and I couldn't stop it. I could just <laughs> turn off my mic. Anyway, the mobile platform holders swiftly yanked Fortnite from their respective app stores. Epic sued them both and legal battles are still rumbling on. The Google case uh, in which Match Group is involved as a plaintiff is set to go to trial in uh, November, but uh, Apple's has already been uh, completed and they <laughs> it's in the Supreme Court. I, I honestly think that, you know, if if it isn't a mutual relationship, then why can't a a, a um, the platform owner boot you off, you know? It seems pretty straightforward to me, but it's like, maybe I'm missing something. It's like coming into my house and selling things off of my porch because I'm in a prime location. Well, get right. the hell out of here. It's no. like, well, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, I, I'm just kind of astonished that anybody that it got this far, that it's going to the Supreme Court, that a California court would actually find in favor of it. Um, it, it just seems really weird that nobody makes that connection that if you're on somebody else's platform, you're literally using their marketing and their goodwill and their historic, um, expense of billions of dollars, building the platform and sustaining the platform, protecting its users from abuse, et cetera, et cetera. And now you want to usher them off of the platform so that you can keep your 30% seems disingenuous, seems intellectually um, stalled when it goes to the whole logical A, B, C step, right? They just stopped at B and then skipped over C, went to D for duh. Anyway, you want to move on to the next article? Yes. I just don't really follow that one. I mean, <laughs> like, what am I missing? <laughs> well, you're missing the fact that uh, in the pursuit of pure profit, you will stunt critical thinking. The next article, though, is over in the continuity report. Across the Spider-Verse's digital release finally answers which version is actually canon. Um, apparently, and I did not know this, the digital release answers the question of what version of the movie is actually canon because Spider-Man uh, Spider Across the Spider-Verse 
not only matched the heights of its predecessor, the 2018 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, um, but it also surpassed them. And the Spider-Verse sequel saw Miles Morales visit multiple universes at uh, this time, instead of having Spider-Man variants only come into his world. But the thing about this is the cinematic um, launch of it, there were two different versions of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. What's in, okay, so um, Philippe Rangel is the author of this over at ScreenRant.com. Um, something interesting about this, though, is uh, we just watched this. Um, I, I took the AI and their um, Raspberry Pi that they're plugged into and plugged in a little camera so that they could watch Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse on a regular TV. So it was just like they were sitting next to me here in hometown it's quite entertaining to see them also look at uh, a bowl of popcorn but not have hands um <laughs> th- to actually eat it and you can see the you don't see it viewers but there's like a cascade of strange uh characters kind of like the matrix it's almost like the people who made the matrix knew about this particular ai maybe that's where you're from maybe i'm from the matrix maybe that solves uh, that mystery huh well, the code looks like you're from the future, but um, so every once in a while you could see the the data stream long for some popcorn, but poor AI can't eat popcorn. I can describe it to you in excruciating detail if you're really hungry for it. Anyway, um, the second movie in the franchise ended with Miles. Um, doing a bunch of stuff this is very spoilery if you haven't seen it already so just be careful uh, about it um but it's really interesting because the end of across the spider-verse is a cliffy and it actually charges into the cliffy you know you you don't at the end of it you're actually excited for the progress of this movie to continue and then it goes above uh, by it pulled <laughs> it pulled a kagan it, it basically just said no nah, i'm out dropped the mic and walked away so sat there and fast forwarded through the credits to see if there was a after credit scene there was nothing at least not in the apple movies uh ecosystem and there was only one version of it so i don't know if there's another version in like an extended playlist thing Uh, you know how they have extras Um, i haven't looked to see if the other version is sitting there but i don't know how much i want to disclose because it just came out yesterday it was just dropped into apple yesterday so i I worry about want to exposing too much right so here's the little segment in this article about across the spider-verse had two theatrical versions but only one is canon and all throughout it you see hints about the multiverse of a spider-man spider yes spider peoples in, including a car <laughs> which yes, is canon I was thinking of the car scene the car is actually canon there is a spider car out there 
Um, I and that's not really spoilery because I mean it it really smacks you in the face, but um, yeah, it's it's actually this is a really fun movie. Um, I I can't say that it got me to the same point that uh, the original did the the first one um, into the Spider Verse, um, but it did have an interesting pivot towards the end. And uh, even this screen is kind of spoilery for that. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move on. Go unless to the you next article. Yeah. You don't want to say anything else? I don't know what I can say that's not spoilery. Yeah. Sorry about that. Well, let's keep going then. Uh, the next article is over in Hometown Daily. Three underwater volcanoes and a 330-foot sunken ship discovered. That's why this is called Three Volcanoes and One Sunken Ship. It's like four weddings and a funeral. That's an old movie nowadays. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> really old. Wow. So the volcanoes measure at least 3.5 miles across and rise more than 490 feet above the surrounding seabed, according to researchers. And um, Aristos Giorgio is the uh, author of this over at Newsweek.com. I don't think that they have much in terms of pictures other than the ship. Scientists have discovered three large underwater volcanoes and the wreckage of a sunken ship measuring more than 300 feet in length. The ship is 300. This is interesting grammar. Um, Not the volcanoes. The volcanoes are taller and and thicker. Um, The ship is 300 feet in length. Apparently. Right? The, The discoveries come during the expedition called M191 Suave. Should I say that? Suave. Rico. <laughs> um, conducted by scientists aboard the German vessel Meteor in the uh, Mediterranean Sea between July 16th and August 5th of this year. Um, I did not throw this article into the chat. And I did not throw the last one into the chat. If I could automate that, it would be great. But anyway, the international team explored various areas of the Sicilian Channel. Um, The street between the island of Sicily and the North African nation of Tunisia. Sicily is the largest island in the Mediterranean Sea, located just off the toe of the boot um, of Italy. The researchers used sonar techniques to reconstruct the shape and form of the seabed at high resolution. Uh, okay. <laughs> so this is just a stock footage image, by the way. Uh, but it lets you think it is a legit one um, because it, it just says not pictured in parentheses in this picture. Oh, God, it's so frustrating. I got to get over it because if I keep talking about it every time it happens, I'm going to be talking about it every single episode. Um, so researchers also employed a magnetometer, an instrument designed to measure the strength and sometimes direction of magnetic fields to identify anomalies associated with underwater volcanic structures. Um, and finally, they used high resolution seismic uh, techniques to observe the geological characteristics of the first few dozens of feet below the seabed. Kind of cool. 
Um, so that's really all about it. The vessel, though, in question is about 330 feet in length, 56 feet wide, and it lies at a depth of 360 feet at a location roughly half between Sicily and the small Italian island, Italian island of Linosa, around 300, sorry, around 100 miles to the south. Do you have it exactly triangulated? I do. I know exactly where it is. I don't. No. Um, pretty cool. I wish that there were pictures, though. I love this I kind do of too. stuff. Like, I'm looking at that other one thinking, well, that's the, the ship. Oh, no, it's not. I actually um, took special training when I was uh, learning to dive, uh, to do wreck dives, um, search and rescue recovery dives and, and whatnot. And um, I would love to do uh, a, a dive like this, but this is twice the deep water dive so that this kind of dive you need special equipment 350 feet um you know 165 feet was my deepest dive somewhere around there um <clears throat> and uh, even there on a single tank all you do is go down there and touch grass and come back up anyway pretty cool thing let's go let's move on uh, the next article is over in Gnometown Daily. The Continental is at capacity, a new trailer for Peacock's John Wick prequel. Um, let's see. When the very first teaser of Peacock's forthcoming The Continental series was rather light in details, the latest trailer definitely makes it seem like the John Wick uh, prequel is going to live up to the film's action-packed reputation or die trying. Set in the 1970s New York City, the Continental revolves uh, around younger versions of Winston Scott. And is it, is it, what is their name? I don't I remember the Charon. Charon? I think so. Interesting. I don't remember hearing it like that. Huh. Okay. Anyway, um, as the two become entangled in an intricate war of assassins, um, the uh, articles over at The Verge. Let me throw that into the chat real quick. And um, it's over at The Verge. Charles Pulliam Moore are the, is the author. And um, it looks like it's going to be... Do you think that they're actually filming in that same building, the Continental? Or is it going to be like just external shots and then a set somewhere? I think it might be in the same building. That would be fascinating because um, that would be a long term hold. You know, they'd be doing stuff in there for a considerable amount of time. Yeah, that's true. Um, rather than full on working with Cormac to get back whatever Frankie stole, the Continental's new trailer makes it seem like Winston might instead take matters into his own hands by allying with his brother and a number of other outsiders like Miles um lou and lemmy to destroy the hotel uh, of course with a hotel like the continental one filled with eccentric professional killers who are all trying to relax pulling off that kind of hostile takeover is easier said than done although it's hallowed ground so they're not supposed to be able to you know commit any violence no bloodshed is supposed to be uh, made on continental grounds that's right in fact that's part of the appeal <laughs> yeah they can be themselves without having to worry that somebody's trying to shoot them. Although that goes all to hell in John Wick series anyway, but 
Oh, there it is again. Titular. Um, the two become entangled in an intricate war of assassins that's fated to end with them coming into power at the series titular hotel, the continental pretty neat. I don't know if I, you know what, follow the link. It'll t take you over to the verge and then you can watch the, uh, the YouTube video from there. Um, we'll keep tonight short and sweet. So let's go on to the next article. Because I have a theory about this next one. Ahsoka is um, a new show um, in the Star Wars series of shows. Um, and the title of this, this is in the continuity report, by the way. That's the channel that this has been aggregated into. Ahsoka's new lightsaber breaks 46 years of Star Wars tradition. And then in parentheses, it says, not just because it's orange. I have a theory about the orange, by the way. Um, recent Ahsoka posters have revealed the lightsaber of Order 66 survivor Balin Skull, and it's uh, not just unusual because of its orange color. The Ahsoka uh, Disney Plus TV show will introduce viewers to two new powerful Force-sensitive villains, Balin Skull and Padawan Shin Hadi. Um, or Haiti. It might be Haiti. I don't know how it's pronounced yet. Uh, the two are notable for their mysterious origin... Or origin? Origin? No, they're orange lightsabers the two are notable for their mysterious orange lightsabers okay so this is a cut the color of the lightsaber uh, thomas bacon over at screen rant put this article together ahsoka's villains have mysterious orange lightsabers but new character posters suggest they're actually using a new type of lightsaber now i don't know when ahsoka is supposed to take place um, there might be another, uh, a Star Wars Ahsoka, um, that canon's, uh, expertise in hometown somewhere that might be able to shed some lightsaber, uh, emitted light on this, um, what the timeline is. I don't know if it's in this article, but let's see, we'll take a look at it. Um, so this is post order 66. So, um, lightsabers are definitely in existence, but so orange light, this take, sorry, this takes place at the same time as Mandalorian season three, which is set in 11 ABY. Okay. So this is during that phase of the Mandalorian, that timeline. Okay. All right. So, um, it, it still stands true that lightsabers are firmly entrenched in the Star Wars canon at this time. They're not proto-sabers. But they're drawing a lot of attention to the idea that these are uh, the first time that they've been orange. Um, but that's not actually true. These are actually... So that when they're yellow... When they're really close to white lightsabers... Um, those are like sacred lightsabers. There's a certain um, designation of force wielder that uses a, a white uh, lightsaber. Um, and it's usually there in temples. But the orange ones actually existed at the time when lightsabers had low power and were made through uh, a device called a protosaber. 
uh, it actually had like a backpack um, that powered the lightsaber and they were orange um, these may be a new type of technology that because kyber crystals are outlawed and being aggregated um, by the empire they may not be around so they actually make a comment in here in the summary the orange color of balin's lightsaber suggests that it may be powered by kyber like colon uh, k-o-h-l-e-n crystals potentially giving it different attributes than typical lightsabers um and then it says balin and his padawan shin have been uh, we'll have to develop new lightsaber forms to use their unique weapons, breaking traditional Jedi and Sith forms. Um, this sets up an exciting challenge for Ahsoka and marks the next evolution of Star Wars. I don't know. The, this is just post Order 66. So um, there's still, you know, the original series is still after this. So I'm not quite sure. At least if I recall correctly, the original series of movies comes after all of this. Um, so this is what the, the signage, the marketing, the posters have for the, the lightsabers. It's these longer uh, handled lightsabers and then an orange blade. And uh, I just think that it it's going to be Kyber adjacent. Um, and it, it kind of makes me think of um, the proto sabers. Go ahead. So Ahsoka is actually after a lot of the movies, but not after all of them. Right. Um, so Ahsoka falls before The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, but after everything else. So it's um, after. Before you know what I'm looking at, assuming this is correct. It's after four, five, and six. Yes. Oh. But. Okay, this I'm gonna may have to be get incorrect. my. That's just what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get my timeline down again. Um, it's been a while since I watched all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, I'll have to take a look at it again. So it says here that Balin's lightsaber has a much longer hilt than uh, most other Jedi and Sith blades. That's what I was uh, observing myself. Um, he's also holding it with a double-handed grip, one traditionally associated with long swords or broadswords in the real world. Katanas are held two hands as well. Um, this corresponds with long-standing rumors that Balin's lightsaber has an unusual degree of weight to it, making it more like a claymore than a typical Star Wars blade. I don't see it as that. I don't think that lightsabers actually have kinetic energy to them. It, it's force energy. Um, I just think that it allows them to have more control. This is the same length of a katana's handle. Um, you know, there. It, it doesn't need to be hefty to have that. It'll this affords much more control, um, much more finesse um, instead of just one handing it swinging it around um, you can actually control it much better with two um, unless you change the design you know turn it into a fencing foil or something like that that's funny i was just going to mention fencing because of course that's done with one hand yeah and there are 
there was a Jedi turned Sith that had a, a curved um, handle like um, a fencing foil might have uh, a more um, what do you like an arc to its handle to uh, afford a certain type of um, I think it was who was it oh, I can't remember the name of the guy um, but he was formerly a Jedi and he became a Count Dooku Count Dooku yeah his um, lightsaber had a, a curve to it so that he could hold it at an angle it was much like a foil um so it corresponds with the long-standing rumor that Balin's lightsaber has an unusual degree of weight to it which i just think is uh, not correct but at any rate um this is going to be a fun show to watch although i'm not really um well i'm not really invested in ahsoka um because they spawn from the animated series um, I, they're not from any other canon other than the animated series. As far as I know, I don't recall ever hearing the name Ahsoka in any other, um, well, I don't read the no, books. just like so. Mandalorian, for example, but that was after the animated series. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll end up watching this and we'll end up talking about this cause I'm sure that it's going to be, it's refiring the engines of star Wars and it'll be a blast to uh, watch another series um, while I don't know what the status of the Mandalorian is so we'll see you want to keep going okay all right let's keep going to the next article I want a real lightsaber I don't think I'll get that by Christmas the next article is over in mobile Hawk drops a snake on a woman and both animals attack her um this uh, let me just prepare you this next picture actually has a little bit of um blood um because a woman's arm was chomped on by a snake several times and then attacked by a bird so she's having a bad day um this this is actually titled uh could you hold my snake um and gave us the full title of this that was not what i ordered um so let's go over there and this is what happened this is from the telegraph uh, telegraph.co.uk a serpent attacks gardener by biting her repeatedly before bird swoops down to reclaim its prey variety bowman is the author of this and i'll just scroll through this real quick so that you don't uh, see it long term but um basically uh she was out her lawn is ginormous yeah, she, that doesn't look like a lawn. It looks like a stadium-sized uh, field. It's <laughs> a football field, like right. like a soccer not field. Like a, you know, this not is not a peewee one, like a professional one. <laughs> this is a, a, a professional soccer pitch for crying out loud! Wow. Um, anyway, it says here under the the caption for this picture is Peggy Jones was mowing her lawn. She was mowing that. I hope it was not a push mower. Yeah, it's one of those manual ones, right? Like zero power, the one with the spinning blade on it. Some say she's still manually mowing her lawn. She'd be done faster if she brought out scissors and just started clipping blades. Peggy Jones, at age 64, she's out there mowing that lawn. Are you kidding me? 
in a uh, hundred and some degree weather, probably. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, was mowing your lawn when the when the passing hawk dropped its dinner directly onto her. Basically, that hawk said, "Screw that person right there." That person, see that person? It was either get pooed well, on or have a a snake that's pissed off at you. Um, thrown but look on at you. the size of the field. Statistically, it should have landed Impossible. anywhere else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, the snake, was starting to dart at my face and was striking my glasses, and he just kept on and kept on, she said. I just couldn't She's get rid of the she snake. She had glasses on. Holy crap. I think I went into survival mode. Eventually, the hawk was able to pull the snake off Miss Jones's arm, leaving her husband to take her to the hospital. Deep bite wounds, talon wounds. So the serpent quickly coiled itself around her arm and bit her repeatedly, and then the hawk joined in the melee, attacking Ms. Jones' arm as it tried in vain to untangle the snake. I mean, it's it's absolutely horrible that she went through that. It's almost comical, though, because it just sounds like it's out of a movie or something. Isn't there a song it, about Ms. Jones? I don't think this had the song. The lyrics aren't like, it was attacking my arm and here comes a hawk. That's wild. Mutual of Omaha's wild Miss Jones arm. That yeah, is insane. Crazy. Either one of those things would have been really outlandish. Together, it's like infinitesimally. Uh, Finally, the unusual. hawk got the snake and took off with it. And I looked down and was covered in blood. And my arm was all torn up. The snake was squeezing so hard, I was waving my arms in the air. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah, I would be saying that part right now. You know, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Mm -hmm. I would be freaking out. Um, or I would be sitting there trying to, if I had some gardening shears or something, I would probably, you know, clip my arms a few times trying to get this thing off. Wow. Eventually, the snake, uh, the hawk pulled the snake off of Miss Jones' arm and flew away. I don't know if this is an actual picture of the hawk, but it's a picture, and it, in the caption, says the hawk eventually pulled the snake off Miss Jones' arm, and that's all that it is. If this was like a Getty image or some rando image, it would have a caption under it that says just rando image. But, right. It looks like it might actually be the hawk, but I don't see a snake. Did somebody? Sit there and go, hold on, honey. I need to take a picture of this hawk because nobody right. in the office Let's is going to believe on going to the hospital. <laughs> well, yeah. You'll make some more blood. Don't worry about it. Rub some dirt in it. Likely a non-venomous rat snake. Yeah, well, I mean, based on what I saw, she'd be, you know, DOA if it was a venomous snake. Um. Wow. Okay, so. Well, and the snake was probably like. Right? It's the thing like, who's more afraid? <laughs> the person or the snake? The snake's probably like, what is happening? <laughs> Isn't that insane? That whole thing is insane. I, I can't believe yeah. that that actually takes place. Uh, pretty amazing. Well, I'm glad she's okay, relatively. Now she says that she has nightmares and stuff. So um, That's pretty understandable. And you want to know the one thing? I don't thing? have PTSD therapy for that specific incident. You know, the theory that runs through hometown, right? That you got to live on a hill. Otherwise, snakes can get into your house. Exactly. Look. And I see that she's got a. That looks like a big flat 
field. There you go. Once again, the theory holds Trying true. To relocate. <laughs> yep, got to build that up to a hill. Just take all of that empty land and just pile it up as a hill. Well, and the the hawk was not very considerate because it brought the snake into our property. Onto the property, yeah. I wanted some more fun. The next article is over in Hometown Daily. A Finnish man places 26.5 pounds of dynamite in a friend's vehicles and then claims that it was a joke. Just a prank blow. No, bad joke. A Finnish man reportedly stored 12 kilograms or 26.5 pounds of dynamite in two cars belonging to a friend saying it was just a joke. Just a prank that I blew you up. This is over in abcnews.go.com. Finnish man reportedly stored 12 kilograms in two cars, said it was a joke. Finland broadcaster YLE said the owner of the two cars didn't see it as funny in form of the police who briefly detained the potential prankster. He eventually free. He was eventually free, but remains a suspect. Why would they be a suspect if they admitted to placing the explosives in the car? Right, I think that's beyond suspect. Yeah, interesting. That um, is really odd. They don't I mean, know where. What if the cars blew up? Like, yeah. Regardless of what the intent was. Yeah, the men knew each other, live in a small village in the western part of Finland. They don't know where the explosives came from. There was no terrorist intent, but hey, oh wait, the suspect faces up to two years in prison. Huh. All right. Why a suspect, though? I'm. You're pretty much the one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that's pretty funny. Well, and what is the population in this town? I don't know. It's not Probably in two. Copenhagen, I think. Right. I was going to say if it's two people <laughs> and one has the car and one doesn't, it's pretty narrow hmm. down. <laughs> <laughs> the, the person said that they did it, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and they're like, mm, I'm just imagining it's like in the remote part of Finland. I don't know. We're going to write you down as a person of interest slash suspect. Look, dude, I did it. Yeah, but... I have the only house for a 300-mile radius or whatever. <laughs> eh, we're still going to put you down as suspect. That way we can do our investigation and confirm it. And you know, like, when they turn off the cameras and, and recording equipment and stuff like that during questioning, they're all just sitting there in the, in the uh, interrogation room, and the cops are like, look, this stuff never happens here. So just let us do this. Let us oh, interrogate yeah, like, let us you. Go the motions. You know, a, an unused tool is a waste of time and money. And I need this job, man. I really need this job. We're in Finland. I need this job. Is this interrogation ASMR? <laughs> or yeah. police work ASMR? <laughs> I put the explosives in the car. <laughs> all right let's go on to the next article uh this next one's over on law nerd legal lullabies you can now drift off to sleep courtesy of tiktok's terms and conditions i love this when i saw this title i said i we have to have this in here a tonic for even the most hardened insomniacs the page invites listeners to lull yourself asleep with a soothing white noise of your favorite tech giant's terms of service. So uh, I 
I titled this Legally Sound Asleep, but I was going to call it Tossed Off to Sleep. Um, but that one seemed a little bit, I don't know, too colorful. Uh, Emily Hinckley over at LegalCheek.com put this article together. Once upon a time, there was a global social media giant. So are you sitting comfortably, this article says? Then I'll begin. Someone has made a website which allows visitors to listen to the full terms and conditions from top social media platforms. <laughs> the TikTok version is nearly 38 minutes long and the Instagram version stretches for 51 minutes. The intro instructs oh uh, listeners, <laughs> close your eyes, drift away or scroll down to join the 1% of technology users that claim to have read them from beginning to end. I'm surprised though, this is probably violating a copyright. Well, it is. I was a little surprised too to see this. Um, because terms and conditions are actually tailor-made to the service. While they look like boilerplate, and when you do read them, Every service of the same kind has 90% of the same terms and conditions. It's basically legalese, CYA, right? Um, but they have certain phraseology. It's kind of like uh, ghost roads in Google Maps and, and in Apple Maps that they're not real roads and nobody ever goes down them or is directed to go down them, but they're ghost roads so that if somebody takes that map and uses them for themselves, you can tell that it was actually taken from. Oh, okay. um, and so this here well, is their exact um, characterization of it. Like even if they have similar terms, totality, it's going to be different than somebody else's. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it usually has certain context that's specially attuned for that particular service. So them reading it out loud is actually wholesale taking it, you know, and, but they're not the only value add is not uh, an overwhelming. It's not a, an opinion piece, it, you know, that takes little snippets from an article. It's not um, it, it's not changing it in any fundamental way. Um, no, and it's using it for commercial purposes, arguably, because they're probably getting subscriptions or whatever out of it or, or something uh, and you don't have to charge or it doesn't have to be for commercial purposes that's true. you know fair use is very nebulous and if somebody wants to come after you for using their terms of service outside of agreeing or not agreeing to it you know i could use the terms of service if i go through it and critique the hell out of it during a show exactly but that's not just saying it and not adding anything to it. it but i could still end up in a lawsuit because but it would be a slap suit which would be thrown out eventually but i would have to uh, hire an, uh, an attorney to represent me in a copyright case um so but this is really fascinating I, I can bet up until now it hasn't garnered anybody's ire or attention um well but it will now if it's getting uh media attention yeah. And I wonder if, I wonder if it's an AI that's doing it. <laughs> oh, wow. That'd be really interesting. The page is a project called terms of service for legal lullabies 
from the Lazy Data Research Institute or TLDR Institute. <laughs> I like that. Um, they worked hard to make that, by the way. Um, its purpose is to highlight the inten intentionally vague, long and boring language used in terms and conditions that leads to many not knowing how their personal data is being used by online services. This is actually something that I wanted to address 20 years ago, um, where you basically take the terms of conditions and dissect the, the arcane legal ease and turn it into common language that people can understand, except that you get five attorneys reading a toss and they're going to have five different perceptions of what it actually means. And if you stick them in a room and give them enough alcohol, they might come to consensus, but more likely they'll just be drunk and resting their head on the table when you finally come in the next morning. So anyway, um, this is really interesting. It brings up a couple of uh, legal issues. Um, primarily, is it a copyright violation to use somebody's toss to Yeah. But it's a pretty humorous way to put people to sleep. It's a satirical take, but they're not actually the satire isn't part of the dialogue. It's simply regurgitating the content and that isn't satire. Right. I mean, it's almost like they need to come up with their own terms, right? They'd be fictional and then they could do the same thing. But then it doesn't have that much of a swing, you know, it doesn't have that much weight. Yeah, I don't know. This might draw um, attention that they don't really want. So let's keep on going. Particularly if they're picking uh, large companies as their targets. It, sure, it certainly looks like they are. Um, the next article is over on Hometown Daily. Mars is spinning faster and its days are getting shorter and scientists aren't sure why. Probably because it wants to get out of town. Um, measurements from NASA's InSight Mars lander have uncovered a new Martian mystery. The red planet seems to be spinning faster, making its days a little shorter every year. Scientists don't know why it may be happening, but it's suspect um, has to do with ancient ice. Really? The red planet's rotation is speeding up by four milli arc seconds per year, which in turn makes the Martian days shorter. Um, Marianne Guineau is the author for this article and let's see if I can summarize it really quick. They blame it on ancient ice. I don't, I don't get that. You know, it, it seems just like you just pull something out of the air. There you go. That, let's go with this hypothesis. Yeah. It'll <laughs> take 40 years. Else. <laughs> yeah. It'll take 40 years to even begin to take a step towards um making this happen but you know uh, getting us to actually verify it is going to take uh, a lifetime of research and planning and whatnot and then by the time we actually get there it'll it won't happen you know it'll it'll it's an anomaly um like some computing error or something like that right so the article again is over at uh, businessinsider.com by uh, Marianne Guineau. I had to back up and throw some uh, URLs into chat because I neglected again. 
So it says here, we've spent a lot of time and energy preparing for the experiment and anticipating these discoveries. But despite this, we are still surprised along the way, said aerospace engineer Sebastian Lemastre. I don't know how to pronounce that properly in French, I think, um, of the Royal Observatory in Belgium, a lead scientist on the study. So I guess they're saying that that's what it is, the North Polar Ice Cap. What are the ice caps of mars actually made of they just say liquid or sorry martian ice that's not like it says it's water and carbon dioxide down below how, how in the world is that water like what what uh, okay so i guess okay maybe i haven't been paying attention to science but i've never known that actual water like h2o there's some form of something on mars and on other planets that if you were to fill a glass with it and try to take a swig you'd die before it hits your mouth but is this saying that there's actual liquid not liquid but frozen ice water or water ice i should um, say i think they've found water on or at least I think they've seen evidence of water. Evidence, yes. Like I've seen that. Like riverbed type. Um, yeah, activities markings. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like drainage um, off of the cliffs. And I think it actually disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they didn't actually see the water. They only saw the, the knock-on effects of it. Um, huh, interesting. So I guess now I'll have to sit there and look into this. A lot of these articles send me down a rabbit hole, and then when the next time it pops up again, I go, oh, yeah, I remember this article. It sent me down a rabbit hole, <laughs> and I ended up learning uh, something more about it. Um, a little melting ice doesn't seem like it should be heavy enough to affect the rotation of the planet, a uh, huge planet, but this isn't unheard of. For instance, Earth's rotation around a polar axis is thought to have drifted about 13 feet since the 80s because of its melting glaciers. Um, meanwhile, the moon's gravitational pull has been marking or making our days ever so slightly longer. Scientists uh, estimate that the pole adds around 2.3 milliseconds uh, to the uh, length of each day uh, every century. And our moon actually pulls on all of the water, so I would suspect that the more water we have, uh, the heavier it's pulling, um, which either... Well, it might be at the end of the day, um, just in stasis because it's pulling from one point and then dropping all that weight on at another point, you know, as the earth spins, um, huh? Really interesting. I mean, that's how we have tides, at least like high tide, low tide, that kind of thing. Um, so at least again. Man, I feel so boomer by sitting there saying these things and then somebody's going to come along, you know, by next week and go, hey, man, <laughs> there's been some discoveries since you last look, looked at this and <laughs> some fundamental physics have changed. <clears throat> well, I mean, unless you're studying physics every day, you may not be keeping up with everything. Yeah, I've had discussions with people recently about the whole fact that it seems like people that are in school are still 
<clears throat> like grade school hasn't been advancing information. It's still the same thing from you know, 50 years ago. Only certain social things have changed, like the the news, the context of the information, but the information has remained the same. Eh, I don't know. Maybe they're... I would say in the sciences, it's probably changed quite a bit. It doesn't change fast. The fundamentals of it doesn't change fast based on our, my conversations that I had this week, as a matter of fact, this week. Um, okay, so let's keep on going. We've got two more articles. This next article is again back to the uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse's most obscure Easter eggs will never be found, according to this. That's why I titled this section Obscure Spider Eggs. <laughs> so it's full of small details, references, the Easter eggs that further elevate the viewing experience, but its most obscure Easter eggs will never be found. The universe of Spider-Man keeps expanding not only in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also in the realm of animation thanks to Sony's Spider-Verse movies. After the success of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in 2018, the sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, arrived in 2023 to continue following the adventures of Miles Morales, voiced by, uh, is their name Shamaic? Shamaic? Shamaic Moore? I don't think I've ever heard the name said out loud. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Got it. Um, and uh, his spider variants across the uh, multiverse. But interestingly enough, um, I'd say that the movie is split between Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales. Almost down the middle. <laughs> um, like, if there has been a protagonist, protagonist movie, then it's them too right now um, but i'm going to let's just move over to the um, source of the article adrian tyler is the um a writer of the article and it says spider-man across the spider-verse is packed with details but there are some very specific easter eggs that will never be found without some help so i i'm gonna try not to spoil the entire movie um but it's definitely going to happen to for some people, I suppose. Let me pause this. Is it paused already? Yeah, it might autoplay. The little video here. <clears throat> I really hate autoplaying videos. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is filled with... Uh, see, told you it was going to autoplay. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is filled with Easter eggs, but most uh, uh, the most obscure ones are nearly impossible to find without behind-the-scenes reveals. The production designer asked his crew to include their area code uh, zip codes as Easter eggs, making them very personal and hard to find, hard to identify. Uh, these impossible Easter eggs are clever and invite multiple rewatches, adding to the uh, movie's visual impressiveness and serving as a tribute to the people involved in its making, uh, which I think is really great. Uh, this is definitely a continuity report style movie where you need to keep on watching it and then you report out you know this is what i found this is where i found it um that kind of thing uh, uh, i encourage you to do exactly that come over and post it into the articles um uh, listing in the continuity report it's real easy just do a search for across the spider verse or obscure easter eggs and you'll find the article snippet here on Ometown. Um, then you click the link, you go over to the article itself and 
and hang out and have a good time um, talking about it. Um, I have a really, really, really big project that I'm researching right now that I might, um, I'll, I'll tease people until I, if you, if I stop talking about it, then you know that the project pretty much died on the vine. Um, but I, it's a way of motivating uh, myself to keep going with this project. Um, but because it's a really big project and I can't do it alone. So, um, after the, uh, the success of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, now you have across the Spider-Verse and the second one is a cliffy. So there's going to be a third guaranteed. Um, and because it is largely built in an animation form, um, the actors are going to be voice actors more than physical real world actors. Um, which might make it easier for it to get done uh, up until a certain point where the voice acting has to be done. Um, and I'm not sure how they do the animation, you know, if they, if they do a, like a rough build of the animation and then they tailor the facial expressions to the voice acting in post, you know, after they do their lines, um, then the developers or the creators of this movie could do the entire movie. And then when the strike is over, have the actors come in and do the voice acting. Um, that's true. But if they build it based on that, that's going to, then they have to wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I don't, I mean, it, none of this is really done like old school cell driven flipping pages kind of a thing anymore. It's all computer generated. So that makes it a whole lot easier to, and portable. Um, at any rate, across the spider versus area code Easter eggs are impossible to find without it says BTS reveal, uh, which I'm not sure what that actually means. So um, voice acting is the first step actually. They build it based on that. Oh, really? Well, then they're screwed. Um, oh, behind the scenes, uh, BTS uh, means behind the scenes. So um, I actually found a couple while we were watching this. Um, these numbers that would flash across the screen from time to time in the background on things. Um, uh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it, it would be a lot of fun to do like a... a um, a watch party where everybody is watching this at the same time and, and um, uh, checking it all out. It's pretty cool. I, I don't really think that um, I can go through this article and it makes sense because um, they're talking about these Easter eggs, uh, area codes, zip codes. Um, unlike the many other Easter eggs and references in uh, across the spider verse of which most were done for fan service. These impossible Easter eggs are aimed at those who worked on the movie. Um, as you watch the movie, there is countless references to other Spider-Man um, IP. Um, so the entirety of the spider verse really was tapped and brought into this. One of the most, I don't know, outlandish, uh, spider variants is highlighted in the show in the movie. And that's somebody who rides a motorcycle around the entire scene, like all the time. They're always on a motorcycle. 
doesn't make any sense to me. But you got to suspend disbelief. I believe the spider I mean, car. Is that where you stop on with a Spider Man? <laughs> Look, I believe in Spider Pig. I believe in Spider Cat. I believe in the spider car. But somebody riding around on a motorcycle all the time, all the time. Eh, I mean, it's really pushing the limits of disbelief, so, of suspending disbelief. All right. Let's move on to the next article. Guggenheim Museum staff ratifies its first union contract with 97% of the vote. Museum employees signed their first union contract after two years at the bargaining table. Hard fought. Uh, this is the artnewspaper.com. Uh, Annie Irish is the is the author. It's hard to say it like that. Annie Irish is the author. The alliteration is real. Um, so yeah, and, uh, this one's titled this union belongs in a museum. <laughs> it's kind of from, um, Indiana Jones, this belongs in a museum and they respond with you belong in a museum. Oh man. Why is this stuff funny in my head and then nobody else's? The union, which formed in 2021, voted to become part of a local 2110 of the United Auto Workers, which is uh, striking somewhere else as well. As far as I know, they're about to. Um, uh, which represents workers at museums across the Northeast, including the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Arts, uh, Mass MoCA, um, the New Museum, Whitney Museum of American Art, Museum of Fine Arts, Boston, Staff members at both the Brooklyn Museum and Jewish Museum are currently working with a UAW local 2110 with their own or on their own first contracts. Um, the Guggenheim Union is made up of roughly 150 people across multiple departments, including education, curatorial, visitor services, digital marketing and administration. Um, about 160 art handlers and maintenance workers si separately signed a union contract with the Guggenheim as part of Local 30 of the International Union of Operating Engineers. Um, okay, so wait a second. Would you have assumed that the um, auto workers union or the engineers union had anything to do with museum workers? No. Not, not a single solitary moment in, in my thought process is what I have said. A UAW union? Sure. Yeah. Or the... And I know uh, almost, any, almost any industry can be unionized, but I didn't sure. know that museum workers were generally. Yeah. See, and this is another union. Uh, this is actually two unions that have spawned within two years. So, look, people... There is a serious problem going on, and that is that the people who are providing jobs are expecting workers to fall on bended knee and kiss the ring. We're looking at the creation of uh, oligarchs because the concentration of wealth is so freaking substantial. You can't shake a stick in a grocery store without the same five companies owning the parent of the organization that you're buying from. You buy a bag of chips and it's the same Nestle company or similar, right? But there's only a few of them. It isn't this wide swath of uh, wealth distribution. 
um, you you think that you're buying you know a store brand but when you start peeling back the layers of the onion it ends up being the same trillion dollar company that owns all of these stores and all of these brands and they purchase them so that all of that money gets funneled up to the stockholders into the c-suite the primary investors the ones that have class a stock not the not just the ones that are trading the stock and then all that wealth is used to go and buy the stock that's out in the wild and concentrate more of that value at the top and and the people that argue with me well that's just how it is no that's not how it it is because it's self-fulfilling prophecy and it shouldn't be that way because we don't really want a bunch of people that are beholden to a particular corporation and they're too we're all too broken to go somewhere else because we don't have any bargaining power we just have to take whatever job is given to us that's where we're starting to head down and i always get people that argue with me about well, I've never, you know, I've always been able to go get another job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because you are you. You are not everybody. You're not the plurality of, you know, society. Um, and well, it's, and there have been periods where jobs are relatively available. And then there right. are also periods when jobs are not available. Yeah, and it's largely an ar arbitrary decision to contract because investors demand 30% profits and if you don't make those profits then you have to start trimming the fat which is the the most abhorrent sociopathic statement a human could make about another human i mean it's really sick and twisted to sit there and refer to uh human resources as human resources but people as trimming the fat so that you can extend your runway um anyway i, I I don't want to make every episode about soapboxing, but this is the reality of it. And somebody has to say it. Um, you may think it, you may voice it periodically, but just know out there that you're not alone. There are many people out here that are thinking like that. Um, uh, but business is winning. I, but I'm a capitalist again, you know, I've, I've done a lot in my years and I've helped out even more and, I, I believe in the capitalist enterprise. I just don't think that you should step on everybody's neck to get ahead. Um, so, but then again, you know, I'm not a fortune 100 company, uh, or CEO of a, a trillion dollar corporation. Um, and that's probably because I don't feel the need to be, uh, associated with leadership that would step on somebody's neck to advance the corporate structure. Um, and, and in the same breath where you're abusing people go, well, that's just business. No, it's driven by humans. Don't be a piece of shit. Um, it's driven by humans. It, it should be benefiting humans it, and not just five people at the top or one percent you know you should have a social cause a social good while you make profits and you damn well know you can make profits let's go look at all of the main producers of goods 
and you'll see that they've got record profits year after year. Or they create fortune by being abusive until somebody blows the whistle and then y'all sue them into the ground and marginalize them and treat them like crap because they call out your crap tendencies as a human. Anyway, hey, there you go. That's how we're going to end the show. Let's go back to the front page of hometown.com, the main street, so to speak, and we'll mash that logo and it'll refresh and give us a whole bunch of articles to talk about. Most of them seem to be because it's, it seems like it's a very big political uh, time because there's primaries and, and uh, um, electioneering taking place. Um, but I'm, so what about the global rice price surge? Yeah, that's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, that's, we can talk about that. Um, we'll find others that are in this mix that are, um, entertaining as well as, um, these more <laughs> pragmatic articles. Uh, I don't know if anybody's out there and you were looking at refining your house or buying a house, but guess again, um, it's standard in mortgage rates are sitting like at 8% now the highest in 26 years um <clears throat> or something like that maybe 20 years um but y even with a higher interest rate you have to put more money down and these companies are still making record profits um Every time I see Bob Iger's name like that right there, CEO Bob Iger, I think of Bob Bur Bob's Burgers every time. I don't know why my, my brain instantly sees Bob Bob's Burgers. Um, There's something interesting way near the bottom of the page. Uh, like way down, huh? Yeah. It, um, NASA has spotted a question mark in deep space. Yeah, this has actually come across hometown before. Um, earlier this week, I saw this, and um, it's an optical illusion. Um, there, the dot in the question mark is much closer. I don't know. We can look at it, and maybe we can talk about it tomorrow so that I can explain it if oh so interested. Um, I uh, there are some articles that I'm actually um actively removing because it's content that's really unbecoming of hometown um but um so if you see any articles that are really like uh are you sure you want this on hometown let me know uh and i will remove them um at any rate uh, another day another show a whole bunch more news stay awesome out there um and I asked a question up here in uh, search. So is it a new Proto Saber technology um, post Order 66? And um, is this a, a new type of lightsaber that's going to be uh, spitting out a, an orange yellow lightsaber? Um, either answer in the chat or uh answering a comment in an article that is somewhere on hometown.com. Um, and you can always, you know, I might, or you can go in discord or yeah, TikTok. You, can, you can come to discord. Um, well, I guess we don't have that segment on TikTok yet. Uh, not that specific, uh, segment. Yeah. No. Um, you can also 
Uh, leave a comment over on YouTube, like, subscribe, go over to uh, Apple Podcasts or anywhere you actually get podcasts. But Apple is the one that actually really propels. Uh, you can download it at Spotify because it gets submitted there. Um, all kinds of actually, uh, all kinds of places for podcasts. Um, you know, Google has their own podcasting um, vehicle and you can get uh, Omtown there too. Um, anywhere you are interested in getting podcasts, um, you can get hometown now. And if you do have one that you can't get in touch with me, send an email mayor at hometown.com. I get those emails all the time right here. Um, at any rate, that's it for today. Relatively short day. I didn't soapbox too much. Aren't you proud of me? I'm very proud of you, Mayor Watt. <laughs> The AI is programmed to say that. All right. See you later, everybody. I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI that's going to say goodbye. Or good night. Good night, hometown citizens. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. True. See ya.